Young business leaders, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Yutaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 130. My guest today is Corey McMahon. He began his career as a professional snowboarder where he was ranked the number two snowboarder by the USASA before building and selling his company, McMahon Marketing. McMahon Marketing specialized in inbound marketing. It was one of the top marketing agencies in Oklahoma that was also recognized globally for its work. Corey McMahon is also the founder of the Living the Dream Project, where he is on a mission to invite and inspire one million people to live their dream life. His Living the Dream formula depicts actionable steps to live your best life. He is a TEDx speaker, author, Forbes.com contributor, and a real estate investor, and an international speaker on marketing, sales, and culture. Corey is currently the Vice President of Sales and Culture for Weoki Federal Credit Union, where he serves their 55,000 members. Young business leaders, Corey McMahon. Corey, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to to jump on here. I'm really excited to obviously learn a little bit more about you. Um, for those of you, though, for those who are kind of tuning in and heard a little bit of a brief your your brief bio, talking about kind of your history with skiing and and uh, selling your company and whatever else, kind of give everyone the cliff notes and uh, say hello to the audience. Hey everyone, Corey McMahon. Very excited uh, to be on the podcast today. Again, uh, it's just a, it's an honor that you're spending time with me. Um, yeah, you know, brief history. I was a uh, professional snowboarder, competed, you know, all around. Um, I actually just got done drinking a Red Bull. I used to be a Red hey. Bull rider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, still got a little bit of uh, trying to trying to keep some of that in my life. But anyways. <laughs> um, was a Red Bull rider and had a lot of fun. Anyways, after um, yeah, I uh, um, retired from snowboarding at age 22, went back to school, got a degree in marketing. And um, anyways, from there, had, had some fun, started a marketing agency, had some successes there and ended up selling that company uh, last year. And now I am the Vice President of Sales and Culture at Weoki Federal Credit Union based here in Oklahoma City. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, we talked a little bit before this, and I think it's awesome. A professional snowboarder, you were the number two snowboarder in the country, if I remember correctly. That's, yes, that's sir. Pretty, that's pretty awesome. And just... I feel like that's living the dream personally. Like you're sitting there going like riding up the chairlift and you're like, man, I'm getting paid to do this. Like I got sponsors. I got like, I just like life's going for me. And then it kind of feels like, uh, it'd be hard to comprehend retiring at age 22. So like, can you talk me through that a little bit? Well, <laughs> what is it even like to retire at age 22? And are you, are you kind of at that point, just kind of recollecting yourself or what, what does that look like? It's, it's really interesting. Um, <laughs> very recently, uh, one of my mentors said, you know, Corey, you've really mastered having these very definitive chapters in your life. Mm. And to add what you were saying is, yeah, I could have never imagined, you know, at, at my early 20s, a foolish young kid, you know, making silly mistakes. Um, that I would go to do anything else that I had thought would have been, you know, outside of snowboarding. And so um, here's what I recognized though at a young age, you know, I, I realized, you know what, when you're an athlete, your body expires very early. And, um, and I knew I wanted to go do other things. So I really focused in on school. I'd never been, you know, I'd never been really focused on my education but I realized an education was my 
you know, my next chapter to accomplishing future goals. Mm-hmm. For this podcast, and obviously for the listeners, these are the young business leaders or people getting started in their leadership role. And, and maybe they've been through that education, or maybe they've kind of thought to themselves, like, all right, I've done with that, like that chapter is now closed in my life. But I feel like, you know, education is just the start of, if, if anything, teaching you how to learn so that when you are going on to those next chapters, you can kind of take that foundation of learning and really uh, apply it to whatever's next. Because you're never, in my opinion, you're never fully prepared for that next chapter. You're always kind of going in there based on potential, based on you know what people see in you or, 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 or maybe what you see in yourself or, or goals that you've had for yourself. But I know, I've never walked into a job and said, I'm 100% prepared for this job. And I think that's where the education comes into play. I totally agree. I totally agree. We're never ready. You know, you know, being a, a parent, you know, there's never <laughs> a good time to have a child. You know, yeah. you're never ready for that. But guess what? You're going to give it your best shot. You know, and that's where I always think like, okay, here's the opportunity at hand. I'm going to give it 120%. Whatever your situation is, and through my experience in doing so, having a positive outlook, whether it be in a in a bad situation, like just always thinking um, and working hard to, you know, getting through that challenge or that job or that opportunity and, and making the most out of it is, is absolutely, um, it has been my mindset. Well, Corey, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you uh, on the podcast is you talk a lot about dreams and you talk about having the importance of having your dream and defining your dream. And when we talked a little bit earlier about this, we talked about you living your dream by doing snow or living one of my dreams of, of snowboarding. And so I'd love for you to expand on that a little bit and then ultimately kind of give me your definition of, of what a, a dream is. Really good question. I've got a pretty unique approach to goal setting and, you know, dream setting. Uh, people kind of, uh, they laugh at me, uh, I actually write down my goals twice a day. Wow. And here's why. So when you're setting a goal or a dream, whatever it is, uh, by writing it down, you have significantly increased your ability to accomplish it. Actually, Harvard a class, a graduating class from the MBA class at, at Harvard. They did this huge study um, on, uh, on this graduating class, and they found that this um, 2% of the class had written down the, their goals in life and their career. And fast forward, they went back to those people, and they found those that had written down their goals had achieved salaries 10 times the average of the rest of the graduating class. Wow. Now, we're not talking, they they improved a little bit more than their classmates. We're not talking like they doubled. They, They exponentially achieved way more than their peers. Now, why is this even possible? How is this even possible? Sounds almost like a miracle. Well, Here's what I've come to find in, in my research, in my, you know, my journey in understanding why it is I've been able to achieve things that I never thought possible. Well, there's an area in your brain 
called the reticular activating system, or as I call it, the RAS. Your RAS is this unique part of your brain that activates almost a magic part in your brain. So here's how it works. So recently, my wife and I, we decided we wanted to buy a, a Subaru Forester. You know, we looked on Consumer Reports. We, my wife was like, okay, Subaru Forester, that's the one. Well, it was literally like the next day. I'm driving down the road. All of a sudden, I started seeing Subarus. Hmm. I started seeing it. Has that ever happened to you? It, it has. It, it, it absolutely has. And you're just like, I am literally surrounded by uh, Subaru Outbacks right now. Yes, totally. So here's the thing. That's your reticular activating system at work. So here's why I write, them, I write down my goals twice a day. It, it engages and supercharges this very unique part of the brain stem that filters information. So I'm constantly filtering the goals and dreams that I have all the time. And so, you know, whether it is, it, you can use this for dating, money, career, real estate. I don't care what part of your life, when you're activating that unique part of your brainstem, uh, opportunities present themselves, dreams present themselves. And so anyways, that's kind of my secret sauce of how I get into, you know, writing my goals or what's my process. Uh, so it's kind of a long-winded answer of, you yeah. know, <laughs> finding a dream or like kind of how I go to, to leverage my brain in this unique area to accomplish dreams. Yeah, and it's funny as you're talking about that because I, I come from a marketing background too. You, it sounds like you're you're talking about like a tracking pixel in your brain. It's like this little thing that you like as soon as you've seen it, and now all of a sudden it just starts following you throughout the internet. And next thing you know, like every ad that you see is for that thing. It is essentially is accomplishing the same principle as what you're talking about with your RAS. But uh, that so that's that's kind of how like you keep your dreams in front of you. But uh, for me, and, and I'm really this is why I'm really excited about this conversation is because I'm a very logical person. And for me, I'm always looking at the logical progression of things like, you know, what are my strengths? What, what areas am I going to? What are my passions? What are these things that I'm working towards? And I always feel like my dreams are more or less logical progressions towards an end result as opposed to like a big pie in the sky type dream of like something that's audacious, like, like I want to climb Everest audacious type of dream. And so how do we separate that logical progression of like, I want these things. I want a new house. I want a new car. I want that kind of stuff to really kind of start stretching towards like what an actual dream would be, or, or how do we even separate those two things? Like, okay, these are things that are probably achievable. And these are things that are actually a dream and, and something you're striving towards. Does that make sense? Okay. I, it makes perfect sense. And I think this is what most people go through. They, they say, Corey, you, let's say what you said, Mount Everest. Come on, man. Yeah. Everest. Like I, I, I could never do that. Well, guess what? Dude, I threw that on my, on my list. I want to see Mount Everest. Guess what? I actually got to see Mount Everest and someone else paid for the whole thing. So here's <laughs> even better. Yeah, even better. And that's a whole nother side story. Like <laughs> someone paid for me to fly around the world to go see my dream. Mm. So here's what's wild. I don't like people to separate 
wild thinking. Like I want people to write down, imagine if God gave you your perfect life, throw it out there. What would be wild? What would be like the most ridiculous thing you want to accomplish? Like I want, cause here's what I want. I want people to think and stretch their mind to believe that they can accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. I want them to take those, those chains off. And I, and I, and it's hard. It's like, you know, I want you to think like a five-year-old, you know, I've got a five-year-old daughter who wants a, uh, she wants to own a jet and she wants it to be painted rainbow colors. Okay. Mm. That's dreaming, right? Like, <laughs> like that's, that's dreaming. I love it. Okay. That's the type of dreaming I want people to think about. So you can't just have all these ridiculous dreams though. You need baby steps, right? You mm. need logical steps. So then I like for people to write down some, you know, kind of these quick wins, you know, for me personally, I'll, I'll relate to one that my wife doesn't like, you know, I wanted to own uh, an awesome hot tub. Uh, you know, as a, as a former professional athlete, I used to go in a hot tub almost every single day. That's my <laughs> muscles. There's, there's something very relaxing about a hot tub. And, and I joked about her and she's like, Corey, I'm not going to let you do it unless you raise 10 times. I need you to sell 10 times the cost of the hot tub. And I said, oh awesome. God. You just gave me a goal. You gave me a yeah. goal. 40 days later, I had record sales, sold it because I had a carrot. I had it. I had the dream and she put it in front of me. And so it was a logical, easy ish, you know, easy ish goal, but I'd written that on my goal list. And so Mm. I keep track of a lot of goals. I have big goals, like 50 million in real estate by age 50. I've got these, you know, huge pipe dreams, but then I also have these logical ones like, Hey, I want to take my family to Dubai this year. You know, I want to, I want to take them to, um, you know, on this trip or, you know, so there's like these smaller logical ones where I'm like, okay, you know, let's, let's baby step um, and kind of give myself that carrot to fuel me to get the energy and, and, and be patient with some of these larger ones that, you know, it, it's just not going to happen overnight. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and that helps because I think the, the challenge that I run in, into when I'm trying to put out my dreams and, and kind of think about it, I'm like, well, you know, I, I, if it's a house that I want, like I have a house, I really like my house. So I'm like, okay, well, and it's not a house. And, you know, well, you know, I want to have a good job. Well, I have a good job. So I'm, I'm like trying to kind of say, okay, I'm, I've checked off some of those logical steps. But then when I start getting into the, the wild dreams, if you will, the, the rainbow jets, um, I'm, I'm sitting there applying way too much logic to it. Like, well, there's really no reason for me to buy a rainbow jet. So I guess for me, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I need to constantly challenge myself. And I think part of it is surrounding myself with dreamers. I think that, you know, you are the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. Uh, self with. Uh, that's what Jim Rohn said. And I, I am a firm believer in that. But I think you have to surround yourself with dreamers sometimes, especially a guy like me, because I'm the, the kind of slow moving, logical progression type of guy that, you know, I'm going to show the incremental growth, but I also need to be around people that are going to look for uh, exponential growth. 10 times sales is definitely achievable, but I also know the cost to get to 10, 10 times the sales. And so it's like one of those things where, you know, you need that kind of inspiration and you need to see those things, which I think for you is writing it down twice 
a week and, and keeping that dream in front of you because I think the more that you see it, the less illogical it becomes. It's really easy to write it down. It's really easy to see that jet because it's constantly in front of you. And like you said, you're activating that res in your brain. And I think that's somewhat where uh, I'm sure you've heard the, the statement, uh, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And I think that what you're doing is you're using those goals. You're using that repetition of keeping that in front of you to be your preparation so that when that opportunity does come up for that, those big sales, you're already there, you're already ready, you're already looking for it. And you might not have even noticed it before because it wasn't looking like what your traditional sales were. But now it's something that's attainable and you see it and you're like laser focused on it because you're like, this is my path. This is how I'm going to get to that audacious goal. And it's no longer audacious. It's actually achievable. It could not. Yeah, you, you just nailed that on the head. And so here's what's fun about that, right? It's like, so here's, here's what I like to do. I like to make uh, uncomfortable comfortable. Mm -hmm. I like to put myself in uncomfortable situations time and time and time again. And then <laughs> it's like you fast forward, you know, I've done some pretty silly things uh, recently. You know, I recently, uh, uh, I danced on a sold out in an arena. I danced on stage. I did a solo. It's like, <laughs> I'm not a dancer. Like it was hilarious. Um, that, that introduced me to an opportunity where I sang a solo in, in a sold out, uh, venue huge casino on uh on the stage i sang a solo and dance and it's like i would never have done that but it's like but i say yes to opportunity and yeah. i say yes to opportunity when someone's like hey Corey, do you want to go to this real estate auction why yes i would love to you know mm -hmm. when um i never thought you know uh you know real estate's a huge passion of mine I, I would have never thought one of my, my goals in life would be to own 50 million in real estate. Uh, but guess what? All of a sudden I start reading books about real estate. I start associating, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. I started associating with friends that own real estate. I started hanging out with people that own 50 million in real estate. I you know, start hanging out with these people that are there. And then all of a sudden my mindset's like, guys, these people have done it and they've done it. Mm -hmm way faster than I ever imagined could be even possible. Then all of a sudden it's like, then I got my first deal. Then I got my second deal. Then I got my third deal. And these deals just start pouring in. And all of a sudden I start learning about creative financing and start learning about how they've partnered with other people. And all of a sudden you're like, you guys, 50 million in real estate. Like, why am I thinking so small? These guys. <laughs> yeah. So then also you're like, my goals when I look at my goals, and this is what I love to do is reflection. Mm. What ends up happening is you start looking at the goals that you accomplish and you're like, I am ashamed of myself that I think so small. Look at what I thought. You know, I look at what I wanted to accomplish last year. I did all of it. Mm. Why did I think bigger? And so I actually have the original sheet of paper from almost 10 years ago when I started doing a lot of this focused mindset and dream setting. I have the original sheet of paper from 2012 and I've got all the sheets of paper ever since. 
of how small I thought every single year. And that's what's fun is reflecting on the accomplishments that you achieved. Man, I'm so glad that you brought that up because as you're talking about reflection, I'm thinking gratitude in the same kind of part of that, just, just being grateful for the things that you have been able to accomplish. And I think that plays a big role in that too. But at the same time, um, I was talking to Justin Wren in a couple uh, previous podcasts, The Big Pygmy, and he was talking about how like when he was seeing some success, he was also, uh, he was finding that in some of his successes, there was some emptiness. And uh, as we were kind of talking about that to try to kind of get a better understanding, and I think it ties into what you were talking about, is that some of the successes that he was achieving at the time he thought was the success that he wanted. But in reality, he had this almost holy unrest inside of himself because he knew he was capable of more. He knew that that was not the pinnacle of his success, that there was more out there for him. And I think that's why he felt the emptiness and frustration. It was because he was made for bigger things. And I think uh, you kind of uh, articulated the same part of that, that you look at your goals and you realize, man, I was made for bigger things. I have uh, much a much greater purpose and I'm thinking too small still. I don't want to get to the end of the race or the end of my life and, and look back and say, you know, I have regrets that I, that I thought too small and I did too, too little of a thing. I, I think that, you know, for me, especially as I surround myself with people like you and Justin, it's, it's how do I expand that thinking? How do I grow beyond what I think I'm capable of and start stepping into the dream part of what I was actually created to be. Because I think when I start stepping into that, I'm going to start to see that hidden high gear, if you will, that shows me that more is possible. I love that. You know, this is so true. Um, and I, you know, I just think and reflect on my own life, man, I have been so focused on, you know, financial goals. Uh, you know, that's, that's the one that really sticks out to me where it's almost mm -hmm. like, um, I put that at such a high priority that other things had taken the sacrifice of that. And I think a lot of men struggle with this, uh, with, you know, putting career before family or, you know, whatever that might be for them. And so it's been interesting, you know, having kiddos and making sure those priorities are aligned and you don't, you know, compromise those priorities. Uh, I think that's a huge, huge thing that a lot of men, um, you know, may, maybe struggle with, or that's a challenge for them. And, um, and has been, a, has been a big thing my wife and I have really focused on is, you know, we talk about the different categories of our goals and our dreams, whether it be, you know, money, faith, family, uh, whatever those are, but we, you know, we break all those out and we make sure, Hey, you know, what are your goals for this year? What are your dreams? And, and when we talk about them and we make sure, Hey, are these aligned? Are we in communication? And you know, how are we doing? And I think that's really important to make sure that you're, that you've got these um, open and honest conversations with, um, with each other. Yeah. I think uh, kind of part of that is just talking like you called them uh, different way definitions of success. Um, I recently heard about the, the six dimensions of wellness, which I think ties into a lot of that where you're talking about emotional, occupational, social, intellectual, and physical. And I think financial is part of that. But I think what happens is we get a little out of balance 
and we start primarily yeah. looking at the financial side of wellness or those or, or success, if you will, and we start to neglect some of those other ones. So one of the reasons that I have this podcast, and I'm especially targeting it towards that younger generation of leaders, is that if if I can say something to them and, and guide them a little bit in terms of like how I would maybe approach things a little bit differently, it would be not putting so much weight on a title of success or a financial uh, salary of success or whatever those things are. Because like you said, there are some sacrifices that come into play, like putting you know, your career over your family. That's, that's a huge one. I would say now that I look at somebody successful, not just primarily on how many millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars that they make but what are their kids like do their kids actually interact with people and are they you know contributing to society or are they just kind of there and and don't care and they're always frustrated by that that tells me a lot um i also look at their relationship with their spouse like if you know they have a healthy marriage and and there's you know that you can tell that there's still love there and they're investing in that relationship man that that looks like so much more to success than me, to me than to a billionaire out there who's you know got the jets and got the got the boats and got uh you know the fast cars but they're constantly going through relationships and i think that as we get further into it and especially as we have kids i think we start to put more value on the relationship uh as opposed to just the financial. And so hopefully when we're looking at our dreams, we're not just looking at, like you said, the financial part of our dreams, but for somebody, it could be, I want to, I have a dream of, I want to have a family, but I want to have, you know, lots of grandkids and I want to have lots of kids that spend time with me or that want to spend time with me. I, you know, I've been able to see kind of the full spectrum of like, well, I have family, but they're just technically blood to me. And I've seen the other side of like what a, you know, a fully functional family can look like. And I think that you know, when you're making those dreams and we're defining those dreams, that if we can look well beyond just, well, I want to have the house or I want to have, you know, this, this amount of income at this certain time that we look at those dreams as well. Yeah. You know, and for, for a young professional, you know, I think this is so important to hear is, uh, is, is, you know, keeping that balance and being patient, mm. I think is such a, such an important thing you know we live in this society today instant gratification get rich quick they hear about these you know they hear about these startups that you know after 12 months sold for a billion dollars and <laughs> this is not reality people you know I, ha I had a successful run and um and it's a lot slower than you know they're taught and and so it's a lot about you know, being patient and being okay with being 25 years old and, and just getting started and hitting 30 years old and, um, you know, putting in the hard work, being patient, I think is a, is a key thing because today, you know, you're a marketer. You've got these, you know, click funnels, get rich quick, lose 20 <laughs> pounds right now. You know, it's like, it's like, dude, that's just, that just doesn't work. Like the reality is what works is it takes time and it takes a lot of work and it's a lot of hours and it's, and it's focused on, and it's focused attention. It's, it might be putting down the phone and focused on those, you know, like you said, like your kiddos or your partner. And um, no, I, I love what you said there. Well, I appreciate you bringing the time element part up because I think that's something that like when we're talking about a dream, like I think sometimes when, when people are, can get into the comparison game a little bit and we, we live in a world 
we live in a world where you can compare very easily. I think that they just look at somebody on top of the mountain and, and say, well, they, a helicopter just dropped them off there. And I think the challenge that we run into it with thinking like that is that we, we lose the importance of time in our dreams and in that uncomfortability. It's like, you know, if I'm going to go do something uncomfortable, it's going to be uncomfortable to learn something like learning how to play a sport, learning how to, uh, to speak Spanish, learning how to code, you know, that first three months is probably going to be really difficult. But I think sometimes people think, well, I'm taking the classes and I have the tools, so I should just know how to do it. And to some extent, I think sometimes things have been made a little easier for us. Like, I understand like as soon as I get a new iPhone, I'm going to pretty much know how to use it right off the bat. Like I have kind of this, this built in comprehension of how things work. And I think everyone thinks that things work that way and it, and it ultimately doesn't. And I think, you know, one of the things that I would add to that is the importance of understanding like what true self-discipline is like getting in there and doing it when you don't want to do it. Because I think, we don't talk about discipline as much. I think when people think of, you know, discipline, they think about like getting in trouble, but I think actually having self-discipline and, you know, knowing that today is not the day that I'm going to be on top of the mountain, but my discipline is to take that next step and to take that next step and to take that next step and to take that next step. And you start to master the discipline side of it. I think that's what starts getting us so much closer to our dreams that we really don't realize until we get to that point of reflection and we turn around like you were talking about earlier and we're looking back at all the dreams that we've accomplished and recognizing that, you know, those dreams were actually much smaller than we thought uh, we were capable of. Uh, and, and really, if we can get to that point where we recognize that self-discipline is part of that process, it's part of that uh, uncomfortability and it is part of it and it's not fun and nobody wants to do it. But if you're willing to do that, you're willing to do the hard work, that's when you're going to be at the peak of your mountain. That's when you become the mountain. That's when people are going to start striving towards the things that uh, you've been able to achieve. And you can then come alongside and help other people achieve the things that they're trying to achieve. Man, I, I would just want to echo that because it's what you just said was so valuable. And I hope people hear that you know, and, and just kind of communicating it in another way, you know, people say, oh man, you know, he or she is such an overnight success. And it's like, no, let's, let's unpack that a little bit more. And, yeah. and never an overnight success. It's no, for the last three years, mm. you know, they've been working behind the scenes. They've been working late. They've been disciplined, as you mentioned. Yeah. And if I could give, you know, this, this young professional, you know, what I would say has been one of the thing that has made me successful. It's I've always had a coach or a mentor mm. or someone that has held me accountable. Mm. It's that accountability is going to keep you disciplined, right? It's exactly what you just said. And I've loved my whole life to put myself in an uncomfortable position, right? Yeah. Uh, like we talked about before. It's not fun when, you know, uh, you were out all night and you're celebrating, you know, your victory on the mountain and you, and you won a contest when your coach is knocking on the front door <laughs> telling you, you got to be on the first chair. You know, that's not yeah. comfortable, but that's the discipline it takes if you want to be the best. And so it's, that's the dis discipline it takes 
you know, when your children go to bed, if you want to own a successful business, you get back to work, you know, they're, they're in bed, you know, Hey, go take the discipline, work, 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 you know? And so that's, uh, man, just echoing exactly what you said, that discipline to make smart choices to lead, to create, you know, great habits is so important. Um, you know, and just a, a book that changed my life was, uh, Darren Hardy compound effect talks exactly about that. Mm. I want to talk a little bit about uh, this quote that uh, I kind of came across. And I, I feel like um, as I, as I read this quote and, and it ha- it kind of pertains to dreams, it, it almost inspired me if anything that I needed to dream bigger. Cause I feel like, uh, you know, as I'm reading stuff like this and, and I'm, as I'm talking to you, you know, I'm looking at all these different things and I'm sitting there going like, uh, you know, I feel like my dreams are somewhat of a definition of myself. And so like, what, what do my dreams say about myself? Uh, and the quote is ultimately your dreams are the touchstone of your character, Harry David Thoreau. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that because I think when we all kind of think about like, you know, why are we here? What, why do we exist? What's the purpose behind it all? I think sometimes you can see a little bit of your purpose in your dreams. What are your thoughts? Oh, I love that quote. And I love what you said there. And I, and I completely agree. You know, um, again, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go back to one of the things I feel I have seen with a lot of, you know, in the marketing agency days, working with many business owners and, and, and seeing, you know, you know, I, I've seen a lot of failed marriages where they just, again, they lost priority of their goals and their dreams. And, and they, they weren't focused on, the things that they kind of lost sight of the things that meant most, you know, that hopefully <laughs> was important to them. Um, and so, you know, your dreams are the touchstone of your character. You know, I, I love this of, you know, for myself, when I'm writing down my goals and dreams, what does that say about my character? You know, do I have goals and dreams that lift people up? Do I have dreams that I'm mentoring others? Am I making an impact in my community? Am I giving back to my church? Am I giving back to, you know, financially? Is it, what is it? My, what are the goals that I have and what does it tell about my character? Uh, I think there's a, that's a perfect quote and it perfectly sums up making sure you're focused on the right yeah, I mean, I think sometimes when we think about our dreams, our dreams become very selfish, self-centered in terms of the individual things that they want. That said, I do believe that hot tubs are something that uh, obviously multiple people can benefit from. So I don't want to, I don't want to like make you feel bad about having a hot tub dream. But you know, the other dreams that that you have in there, in terms of like uh, the, those questions that you're asking yourself, like is my dream lifting people up? Is my dream giving back to my community? Is, do my dreams put me in a position that I can make, that I can have influence uh, to impact other people's lives? And I think that those dreams are just as important uh, to consider. And I think, like you said, it does tell us a lot, a lot about who we are. And I, can, I feel like that kind of leads into the next part of you know, if we're looking at our dreams and our dreams are a touchstone of our character and maybe we're not liking what we're seeing, maybe we're realizing that we're a little narcissistic and a little self-centered in terms of what we want, want to accomplish. 
is it possible then to have dreams that kind of reshape your character and uh, become something uh, that maybe is aspirational for you right now, but ultimately becomes the, the true embodiment of who you are? Oh, I, I totally think so. And I think, you know, the life is crazy. You go through waves, you go through ups and downs, um, you know, life events happen, um, you know, for us, you know, one, one time, uh, just a few years ago, our office building caught fire and burned down. It's now a parking lot. You know, I think those life events are presented to you in a way for you to assess, Hey, what now? Uh, just got done recording a, a, a podcast with, with someone that got laid off and what now, you know, it's kind of like, it's that gut check of like, Hey, absolutely. You know, I don't, I, I would rather you prepare, you know, for something, you know, prepare and plan for a great life. But, um, you know, events happen in life and, and that's why one of the things that we talked about is making yourself uncomfortable, um, putting yourself in, you know, kind of these uncomfortable positions. To me, those prepare you for potential opportunities that might present itself, you know, in your, you know, in your future, in your life. Uh, so definitely you can, you know, I love that reflection every quarter I take uh, part of the day to reflect where am I at? Mm. Am I, you know, am I on the right track? Do I need to adjust? You know, um, do I need to make some changes and reflect on that? I think that's, that's one of the most important things you can do is, is take a breath, slow down. There's, there's so many distractions today. Quiet time is, is so important. I'm reading a book right now. Um, uh, the joy of happiness and it's, and, um, you know, Dalai Lama talks about just you need to slow down and just be quiet and reflect. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a huge advocate of that. Yeah, I'm, as I'm hearing you talk about that, I, I, it sounds to me like, you know, some of those things like having coaches, having mentors, writing time, down your goals, having that quiet time. Like if I were to kind of put that in a column, I would call that dream fuel. Like this is something that, you know, as we're working and striving towards our dreams, these are things that feed our dreams. And I think that you obviously need to work towards that dream fuel. But I think on the other side, there's things that kill dreams, right? There's things that, that drain your dreams. And, and, you know, when you have a dream, you're going to face adversity. You're going to have those times that you struggle. So when you're in those situations, obviously we talked about a couple, is there any other dream fuel things that you would say that you are kind of your go-tos when you're you know, in that adversity and you're, you're still trying to exercise that discipline. You're still trying to, you know, get through that, but maybe, you know, you're trying to learn a new trick in the half pipe and you just keep crashing and you just keep crashing. You keep, now your body's hurting. And every time you go up, you got that little bit of doubt in the back of your head saying, I don't think you're going to land this. You're just going to face plan again and that's going to hurt. You know, what are some other things that you can do to kind of fuel those dreams? <laughs> well, I, what a great uh, analogy for the snowboarding. Hey, <laughs> hey, and this is, this is a true story. You know, one of the things I, that uh, me and my roommates uh, created was something called Tricky Tuesday. And every single Tuesday we said, if you are not allowed to go home until you learned a new trick. And I'll tell you what, that's just a, it's a silly example of like making yourself uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. 
I knew my roommates aren't going to let me leave the mountain until I landed a new trick. <laughs> and it's funny. It's like, you know, that's easy. One week, I learned a new trick. Ten weeks forward, you've got ten new tricks. A year, two years, three years, fast forward, you're, you're competing at the highest level. Yeah. And it's as simple as you just need to learn one new trick every week. So mm. um, other fuel. Um, we've talked about a few things, but you know, one of the things, um, as you were talking, like, man, reflecting on your wins, you know, is so important of just looking back and saying, wow, look at what I accomplished. Mm -hmm. Look at, you know, look at where we've come. Hey, I've done these 10 things. You know, that's why I've literally kept the sheets of paper since 2012 of all the goals and dreams that I've had. It's because man, that gets me excited. You know, as simple as this for your career. Uh, my wife taught me this. I have a folder in my email. It's called a brag book. Anytime someone compliments me, I just throw it in my brag book. It's because, you know, if I need some reinforcement of, hey, Corey, you're doing a good job. You're just having a rough day or, you know, uh, it's that reinforcement of, okay, Let's get this head trash. You need to remove the head trash mm. and you need to start thinking fresh. And so uh, those are just a couple of things that came to my mind of uh, some more, you know, practical day-to-day -day things that I've done. Yeah. I, it, head trash is a great example of it. I've kind of heard the analogy of like, you get all these thoughts that come in and out of your mind and talking about even just taking captive thoughts. It's like, a thought will come in and out. It's kind of like a, you know, a bird building a nest on your, your head. You, you can't keep that stuff up there because eventually you're going to have a nest up there. But if you're constantly uh, evaluating them and, and filtering out the negative stuff and then replacing it with the good stuff, you're not going to be in that situation where you have that head trash that, that builds and builds. And now you got a head landfill that's just full of those things and you, and you just feel stuck and you can't completely get out of it. So I think that's a great analogy. One, one of the things that I, I wanted to kind of talk to you about too is, you know, it sounds like this is something, this has been a journey for you. This has been something that you've done for a, a pretty decent amount of times. I mean, Tricky Tuesdays has probably been going on for a really long time now. I'm sure you're at the point where you're having to invent tricks. But uh, when you kind of get to that point where you're constantly in, in your uh, your outside of your comfort zone, you're, you're, you're constantly basically expanding your your comfort zone because every time you try something uncomfortable at some point it becomes comfortable for you. So it keeps getting bigger and bigger. What does it look like now? What obviously, you know, $50 million in real estate. Um, you know, what are the things that kind of make you a little bit nervous, make your hands sweat a little bit when you're thinking about it, but you're like, man, I need to push to this because if I keep pushing to this, I know I can achieve it, but man, it, that one just feels a little bit, a little bit too big right now. What, what, what are the things that are pushing you right now? Okay, the one that just came to my mind, and this is so random, uh, is I want to own a mobile home park. And <laughs> I know, everyone always laughs. And here's why it makes me nervous is because, you know, it's a form of real estate. I, I really enjoy real estate, but I know nothing about it. Mm. And so I have to go through this journey of learning like, okay, what's this type of property? How would you evaluate it? You know, I just, I'm, I'm clueless. So here's what I've done. So, you know, this is, this is, you can apply this to your own goals. It's like, okay, well, I don't know. I literally don't know how I'm going to do this. So what do I need to do? Well, I'm, I found a couple of mentors that own mobile home parks. I'm starting to meet with them. I'm starting to understand how they evaluate, you know, buying these properties, 
where they find these properties. And so it's like, it's things like that where it's like, okay, yeah, you should be nervous about your goal, your dream. And then now you got to start a logical progression of, well, if I'm going to do this, what information would I need to know? You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we just bought a piano at our house. I don't know how to play a piano. Okay. But I want to, by the end of the year, uh, I want to learn how to play a million dreams. It's a, it's a song. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, what's the logical steps I need to take? It's like, well, I don't even know what the, what chords are. I don't even know how, I don't know. I know nothing. We'll download an app or look up a YouTube video of like, okay, well, how do I take these logical next steps, mm-hmm. you know, eating an elephant one bite at a time. We're just going to yeah. slow chunk towards this and breaking down this huge dream that you have and start breaking down to, well, I could play for five minutes. I could watch one YouTube video on how to play the piano after my kids go to bed. Heck, I could do it with my kids. So it's just mm-hmm. like, chunk it out, you know, make these simple little steps to move forward. You know, I feel like, uh, I feel like it's cliche when we say it, but we're, we're in a time right now where there's so much information available like YouTube and, and obviously going online and, and just kind of figuring out how to fix stuff that it's really kind of up to you. I mean, like if, if there's something wrong with my car, I'm pretty much on YouTube first, just trying to figure out like what it is. And if it's something I can fix, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to at least try it. And then if I can't figure it out, as long as it's not like braking or acceleration related, you know, then I can take it to the the body shop. And, you know, if anything, I learned how to take my dash apart. So uh, I think that what you're talking about there is that, that logical progression, that one step at a time, there are so many tools right now to go out there and do that. Like for me right now, it's woodworking. Woodworking is just one of those things that I'm just, I, I have a really heavy appreciation for because I've seen the process. When I see some amazing joinery, I'm just sitting there kind of blown away by like how they're able to get two di- different pieces of wood to fit together like they were originally created that way. And, you know, just looking at the skill and the measurements. And when I first looked at it, I was like, there's no possible way. There's no possible way that I could figure out how to do this. Now I'm kind of watching it. I'm like, oh, that's that kind of joint. That's, you know, he's doing this or he's doing that. And I'm just, I enjoy it from just an entertainment purposes standpoint. But at the same time, I'm learning and I'm growing. And now I'm going to, you know, go in my garage and I'm going to kind of tinker around and try to figure out like, all right, what are the tools that I need? What are you know, what kind of vices do I need? How am I going to hold this together? Well, uh, if I'm going to do this, I also need to put glue on there. That's going to make that bond that much stronger. And I'm only thinking about those things because I've stepped into my, uh, outside of my comfort zone. I've reached into an area that I know absolutely nothing about and I'm, I'm trying to grow. With that said, I think it's really important to kind of hit on this point too, um, because uh, in my leadership journey, there was a time uh, that you'll probably laugh at, but this was just how I was, is I think it was about my teens, I realized that I knew everything. And so I, I was always in a situation where someone would try to show me how to do something or teach me something. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I already know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it, but I said I knew how to do it because I wanted to figure it out. The challenge with that mentality is if you feel like you know everything and you know how to do everything is that you are basically completely uh, slowing your growth. You can figure it out on your own. You can get to this point where, you know, I could learn how to reverse engineer something and get to the point where I could figure it out. But if there's somebody there who's a craftsman who knows exactly what they're doing, 
and I'm willing to humble myself and become a student and learn and absorb things and just get outside of my ego and kind of step aside from, you know, the, all the pride and everything else that I have because I feel like, well, I should know this stuff or I have to project that because that's just who I am. If you can put that shell aside and put some of those things aside and allow yourself to be a student, allow yourself to be mentored, I think that that's going to greatly accelerate that process of achieving your dreams and accomplishing the things that you're trying to accomplish in life. Could not agree more. Well said. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it goes goes right back to that. Like, like you said, like, man, just set your ego aside, you know, you know, (laughs) owning a business you know, I, like I said, I had a really good run, built a, an incredible organization, multi-million dollar organization, sold it. And, uh, and I love telling stories about the mistakes I made over and over and over. It's like, people don't make this mistake. Like, yeah. please listen, you know, it's like every single person should have a mentor and they should mentee someone because mm. I don't care your age, you've, you've got, you know, you can be a young professional, you can still be in college you can mentor a high school kid. You were there. Yeah. And so I love making sure everyone has a mentor and that you're meant, you have a mentee. Uh, because like you said, to accelerate your growth, that's why all professional athletes have a coach, right? Like yeah. they, they need someone keeping an eye on them. Hey man, how can I do better? You know, that's feedback in your professional career. Having someone that you trust that says, hey, uh, shoot me straight. How can I be promoted? What activities do I need to be doing? Do I need to make 10 more sales calls? Do I need to be more friendly? Um, how's my appearance? Do I need to be look, you know, do I need to dress better? Do I need to, you know, all of those things. I, I'm such an advocate of what you just said. Well, Corey, can we get real for a second? Can we go on the real train? Let's go. All right. So, so here's my question. You own, you, you started a marketing company, you built it, you burned it to the ground and then you rebuilt it again uh, and then you sold it, right? So on on paper, Corey is a successful businessman who knows how to start something from the ground up and actually not just do that, but rebuild it and uh, take it beyond that next level. Now you step into a new role at uh, Wioki where you're working for somebody. And you have all this experience, you have kind of all this knowledge and, and you're bringing a lot to the table. And in some cases, they're probably bringing you in because you know all these things. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that you got to learn. So well, how was that process for you kind of going from that? I'm the, I'm the boss, which that doesn't sound right, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm my I own boss to now I'm working for somebody else. And that somebody else is probably got some ideas of what they want you to do. And probably inside of you every once in a while, you got that little cringe going. You're like, I don't want to do that. How do how do you, how do you, uh, how do you kind of, uh, work through that process? Because I mean, you're going from true independence to this different thing, not in a bad way, but you, you, in some cases you, you got to go back into that student mode a little bit. Oh, totally. And I have been asked this so many times. People are like, Oh my gosh, what is it like? You were your own boss and now <laughs> you're an employee. And I'm like, you guys, you guys owning your own business is not as glamorous as you may think, you know, like, like let's get real. Like in a lot of, you know, a lot of young professionals, entrepreneurship, you know, 
you know, I speak to a lot of entrepreneurship classes and in colleges and, uh, you know, a lot of professors haven't owned their own business. They haven't, mm-hmm. they haven't gone through that whole process. They're, they're going by a lot of theory and case study, but uh, here's the deal. Here's what I absolutely love about, you know, my current position that I'm in. Um, and it goes to, you know, the impact it, it, it talks about, you know, I'm, I'm in a position to impact, mm. you know, hundreds of employees, um, more than 50,000 members to impact their lives and their financial journey. This has been a massive, uh, passion of mine when I owned the marketing agency. In fact, when I, when I owned the marketing agency, on Fridays, I liked sending out financial tip Fridays. Mm. And I would just email the staff, hey guys, um, you know, here's a financial tip for the week. And it, was, it had nothing to do with marketing, but it's because I really, I've spent so much energy and resources in, in understanding you know, finances, running a, you know, you know, operations for a company. And, uh, and I got really passionate about, I want to make an impact in people's lives. Hmm. And so, you know, from owning a company and knowing exactly everyone's financial position, cause you <laughs> were responsible for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, to being an employee, um, you know, it's the, the trends for me, the transition has been very easy. And I, and I love, I just, I, every day I pray, I love what I'm doing. And it's because at the end of the day, our purpose and our mission is to help people save money. We Mm want to help them make smarter financial decisions. We want to do what's right for our team and for our members. And I just, I literally could not think of a better, you know, opportunity, a better role um than where i'm at and it's just because i just i'm so passionate about this this topic that's awesome well when i think about it you're back to living your dream again you're helping people you're making a difference you're making an impact and so you know this kind of all circles around to like you know be a little bit more creative than just your typical like these are my basic dreams of you know financial things or toys that i want to have start looking at like what fulfills your purpose what what makes you uh just feel alive inside to where you're sitting there going man i could i could do this all day long or the time has just flown by and i'm at a situation where you know i i've gone through an entire work week and i really haven't felt like i've worked you know i always uh would hear somebody say i've never worked a day in my life and I was very skeptical. Uh, but when I talk to people that I see actually doing it, I see that they're passionate about the things that they're doing. They're living their dream. They've defined it. They recognize that it's a true part of their character. Uh, and there's fulfillment in, it, in that. And I think that you know, when you're looking at success and when you're looking at your leadership journey, what are the things that bring you fulfillment in life? The, the times that you can sit back and you can reflect and you can say, you know, I'm glad, I'm so glad I stretched myself. I'm so glad that I put myself in a position that I was uncomfortable so that I could achieve these things so I could make this difference and make this impact. Because ultimately that entire collection of uncomfortability becomes the foundation for your next steps, but it also becomes a platform for you to say, you can do this too. I, I'm, there's nothing special about me. I, I, I'm just like you in, in my logical thought process or the things that I've done, but here's the things that I've done differently. And hopefully that puts you in a position where you can inspire other people. 
Corey, what's the best way for people to learn more about what you're doing and, and connect with you? How do they uh, find a little bit more about the Living the Dream Project and all the other things you have going on? Awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, keep keep up with me, social media, Corey McMahon, uh, um, CoreyMcMahon.com. We're, we're keeping things pretty relevant up there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're uh, just so blessed, like you said. Once you find that fulfillment, and, and you're getting that feedback. And that's why I think when you can be a mentor to someone, mm. uh, there's, there's just not a better feeling to, to be able to help another person um, accomplish their goal or dream. That's, man, it, it, you get more fulfillment out of helping other people mm. accomplish their dreams than, get, than accomplishing your own. Well, that was my next question. What's your message to young business leaders? What, what do you want to leave them with? What is, is it mentorship or is there more to it than that? Uh, you know, in today, you know, what, what's on my mind is, you know, you know, if you're, if you're a young professional, be patient, please yeah. be patient. Rome was not built in a day. Uh, be patient, uh, put in the hard work, uh, dream big, stay focused and, mm. um, and be open to opportunity. Awesome. Corey, I appreciate you taking the time to talk about your dreams with us, talk about how you're able to accomplish those dreams and, and really give us that fuel for our dreams so that we're, we're in those valleys, we're in the struggle, we're trying to figure out like, how do we make this thing possible? What's our next logical step? How do we get there? And I think that having conversations with guys like you that have set audacious goals, who have set big dreams, like owning hot tubs and building mobile home parks that hopefully that ins inspires the next generation of business or leaders to look beyond some of the, this, maybe the selfish dreams that they have and say, how can I impact people with my dreams? What, what are my dreams telling me uh, about myself? And maybe, maybe I need to do a little self-reflection and grow my dream because I need to make a bigger difference in my community. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast.